Tiger fans, get ready for episode 83 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And I have a special guest for you guys today. He is a highly scholar Jackson State alumnus and an award-winning recording artist. Action from the 55 Boys. Welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. All right. All right, bro. Sound good. All right. How are you doing, man? I know it's been a crazy 2020, but uh, how have you been doing personally? Personally, man, I've been trying to stay safe, coping, uh, spending time with the family, recording, and uh, uh, staying staying spiritual at the same time and just uh, enjoying the family, man, and then just glad, glad to be here, man, and just trying to stay safe, man. That's it. No doubt about that. That's all that you can ask for in this year. So glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, we have you on the show, of course, to unveil this new anthem that you have called Get Ready. But there's no way we could bring you on here and not talk about the classic, the banger that you had back in the day, Monkey Swing. So <laughs> even to this day, if a DJ throws on that record at a party, the party is guaranteed to turn up. So tell us, man, the story behind that song and what did it do for your career? Hey, man. Actually, the true talk the story behind that man was basically me coming up to uh, Houston Collins, man, at Club O'Hara and coming up to him and auditioning. Basically, I, it was our family, man, but I was wanted to make sure you know I was real with music, man. And he was racing cars. He wasn't really into doing concerts. He wasn't really into promoting a, a act, really. So I came in basically, man, and just uh, exposed myself to him, showed him I, what I was about business, and he kind of believed in me, man, him and Charlotte. They kind of believed in me and gave me the opportunity, man, to, to go out there. And they financed me and gave me the opportunity to go record in my own wheel, uh, use producers, and give me the avenue of uh, actually being able to perform that song with every act that you can name around the nation uh, with number one hits in that club and opening up in Club O'Hara. So, man, having that avenue and that backing and that belief in me, they gave me an opportunity to showcase the song showcase the dance and showcase my talent for other producers came came and pretty much got me man they would come to me to uh actually to record that song i didn't know i was gonna record that song i started they they put me uh houston and charlotte put me on the quad city bass tour man with the 69 boys the bread and outcast hmm. pretty much were opening that show up man and i start you know just start engaging with them guys listening to their music and actually uh how how and sleeping never shake them up sounds and jackson they came to Club O'Hara one night and said, man, we hear some of your music, man. You just need a track. So them guys, man, gave me a track. I went in my bedroom, man, and, and, and wrote the song right there, man. They was local DJs around the city, so we we rocked it for a good while, man, and uh, they promoted it. We did it. They reported. I kept performing at O'Hara. Uh, then Finesse came in the picture. Uh, DJ Finesse, Chris Carr, he came into the picture of uh, exposing it, uh, getting the getting the played on 99 Jams, and they end up going up under the Finesse Ruckers label. He ended up uh, branching it out and getting it getting it a little bit more nationwide and a little bit more exposure at that too. So that's basically how that thing originated, how it started uh, through the process in a short version, you know. 
No doubt. Good stuff, man. And you haven't looked back since. And let's say mm-hmm. right now you meet someone who doesn't know who you are. What's the typical reaction like whenever they find out that you're the man behind Monkey Swing? They think first of all, they think I'm from Florida. Okay. They didn't know. They said, "Man, I didn't. I didn't think you would. They they could. They they really don't believe I was that close to them, or they could really touch me, or they thought I was somebody in you know Miami, Florida, Jacksonville, Tallahassee. They thought mm-hmm. I was, no. I, they thought I was originated from that era. Uh, they didn't believe it that they could come right out of the the, the small town of Hazers, Mississippi, and get the same sound that they were getting you know across the nation at that time with that type of music. But uh, they they be they be wild out, man. The people that the people that know me uh, actually at the school at Jackson State and stuff, you know, they know me from an education perspective too. But they, mm-hmm. the people that know me educationally, they can't believe I do it musically. And the musically people can't believe I do the education. So right, it's kinda, right. Kind of like a split personality. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Do you still perform the song today when you do shows? Man, I just uh, I just come out of Birmingham Sunday, and I was uh, actually I went down. I was close to home in Terry. Uh, they had this. Uh, they had a show in Terry, uh, Southern Soul. Southern Soul now, man. It kind of in- integrates into the dance music and the line dance, like Cupid, mm-hmm. myself, and others. So that song and that type of music stay relevant. So they 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 want a part of it, but they want to keep it under control. So that music with that anthem continue to work, man. I work. I worked uh, Birmingham, like I said, this past weekend. I, I go to Monroe Saturday, and I've been uh, collaging along with uh, my partner Yayo. That put out the song Cowgirl and he got a song called Boots On with Omar Cunningham. So I kind of, I kind of tag into that, that, that lane, man. And, uh, it's a lot of work over there, bro. No doubt. A lot of work, but it's been a blessing for you, man. I know you've had an impressive and a longstanding run in the music industry, some pretty big accolades in the state, like song of the year. You've had hip hop entertainer of the year. As you reflect back on that, what stands out the most to you about what you've accomplished? Uh, musically, are we speaking musically? Let's start yeah. with the music. Yeah, musically, man, it just it just being able to uh uh stand with a song that actually never ends, man. I I you know it's you I what what really surprises me. I don't say surprises me. It fascinates me too when I see you know three year old kids you know doing the monkey swing. You know, so I'm saying, wow. man, you know this happened a long time ago. This happened, you know, you talking about 10, 15 years ago, and the song's still going strong. So. You know it, that that fascinates me just to look at look at how the song has has carried on from from to, from one generation to another generation. So right. you know to have it, it really it makes me feel some kind of way, and you wonder how it happened. You know because you know it's a gift when you get those kind of songs or you get those uh, uh, words to write to put to a song and get the whole combination of actually getting it out there across the world at the same time. So just seeing it, the most phenomenal thing is to see it go from one generation to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's like, wow, man. And then when you go to other States and you hear, when you get in there and, and, and they doing a dance, just like they did it in club O'Hara. And I'm, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a long way from home and I'm seeing that. I said, okay, this, this thing for real. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's some great stuff, man. You mentioned earlier, you know, you dropped some names. I heard the Brad, of course, the, you know, six, nine boys and, you know, 95 South groups like that. Yep. Uh, and of course, you still get out there on the road. But who are some of the the more notable art, notable artists that you've been on the road with, performed with, or even recorded with? Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna. I got the first star with the '69 boy with with that with platinum song Tucero. You know, mm-hmm. uh, actually, right now, man, we mo me and me and Thrill and more closer now than than back then. You know, he taking up a lot of time with me. 
Uh, and he said because he liked my grand. You know, he take up a lot of time with me with production. He actually working on a new song. Uh, we working on a new song together uh, as we speak. It's called Soul Train Line. So we kind of we kind of working on we working we working now more than we worked back then. So getting the opportunity to kind of engage with him and his production company uh, that's in Florida. And it's, it give you another sound, man. It give you other people that what you where you were trying to go, where you went, and beyond where I went. So they they got a chance. I, I got a chance to kind of link in with, with with this guy. Same type of feel that I got, but he's showing me other ways to to make it, other ways to grind, other ways to reinvent yourself. So of so sorry. So he he I, he he sticks in the mind heavy because I do a lot of work with him, and I'm and mm-hmm. I'm actually doing a lot of work now. Outcast, uh, it was it, it was you know the Dungeon family was was awesome just being around them sometime and they were they were down to earth they were you know they weren't trying to act no kind of way or trying to act like they was more than the next person they shared experiences they shared their ups and downs as well uh also with you know Jermaine Dupree got a chance to get to interact with those guys a lot and I'm talking about from production wise I got a chance to get into the phase ruggers man actually set up in the in the rugger label sit down and record songs the rugger label back then, man, they 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 give you four or five songs and just tell you go edit, you know, and they want to see see you on the spot. Can you come? Can, can you produce a hit right in front of them? And and, and they were saying you on the spot, I either act, put you on in other avenues where you can make money, you know, on shows or opening it up on shows. So, eight ball, MJG, uh, uh, that, that that's one Tila, you know, back. You know, I'm I'm going back, man. Mm-hmm. And right. My wife got a chance to do a lot. We got a chance to get around mystical. Uh, a lot of the No Limit, the whole No Limit crew, Fiend, you know, and, and, and so forth like that with their crew. So, you know, a lot of groups from the South, mainly. Most most any group that you can name from the South, I pretty much been in, in tune with, on shows with, have been around at a point. I got a chance to even get go to, you know, it got so close, I got a chance to even go to, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, big birthday parties and different stuff. So I got a chance to see a lot, man, and uh, – I'm just grateful to get a chance to see it and also be able to see the ups and downs because there's a lot of downside to that music side too that most most people don't see. They see all the they see all the videos and see all the uh the glamour. 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 They see all the glamour, man. They don't see the hard work and and, and traveling from this town to this town and that, that traveling is not as fun as you think it is. It's work. <laughs> gotcha. Wow. That's still amazing stuff, man. You've been around some some heavy hitters, so yeah. you've had an awesome career. Now, you, you mentioned earlier one of the things that excites you is when you see a three-year-old dance to the music. But what about some of the younger fans who aren't familiar with your older music? Will you be re-releasing any of it? Yeah. Uh, right now, I, uh, I'll be honest with you, Monkey Swain, I'm re- I redid. I didn't change it much. It's called Monkey Swain 3000. So uh, I, I did another cover. I'm, I'm going to re-release it. And I got man, you be you be surprised, man. I got five or six albums that I did with Malico Records and some other people that didn't really get promoted like it should. Some of the stuff I own, so I'd be able to recreate some of it, be able to re-put some of it out, so forth to put down. Cause right now I'm all about just uh music is like a hobby to me. It it, it relieves my stress. So what I do is man, I go in and record, I'm making music for what I want to hear. You know, I wanna I'm all about having a good time, uh family fun orientated but we're gonna have a good time we're gonna we're gonna land down we're gonna have a good time so it's, it's gonna be like my new slogan which i'm trademarking so can't nobody steal it it's gonna okay. be m-a-d-a make america dance again that's what's up 
Good stuff, man. So, so I'll be right. listening it and, and some other thing, man. I'll be I'll be P did in this thing, man. Because <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm gonna recreate a lot of old songs, man, that we used to dance and have good times off of. And I'm, and I'm recreating them, man. All right, man. We're definitely looking forward to that. So whenever you get a new song that you want to release, make sure you come on Tiger Talk with 1400 Club so we can let the fans hear. That's all good. All right, man. So tell me, man, what you've been in the game for a while, 20 plus years. Uh, like I said, a long career that you've been able to uh, survive and remain relevant. So you've definitely figured it out. But uh, yeah, I do want to kind of get an idea of who some of those earlier uh, influences that, that you had as far as in the music industry. All right. Some of them earlier influences, man. Like I say, number the number one guy, and I and I say it again, it's gonna be it's gonna be three of it's gonna be three of the six nine boys, man. He pretty much motivated me. Uh, uh, I kind of patterned myself, you know, with some of the things that they were doing, that he was doing, uh, and, you know, and I, I kind of strayed toward not strayed away, but I kind of navigated toward more of dance. So anything anything came out the ATL back then, man. I pretty much ATL in Louisiana, bounce, and 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 the party music. I pretty much was on it, man. So you you you, you can go in this order from the south. I, I I pretty much couldn't just give you one name. It's pretty much everybody in the south and from from Louisiana to the ATL and a little bit of UGK. You know, I of got a, I got a chance to spend a lot of time with uh with Pimp C them and Bond them due to the fact that you know uh Charlie and Houston had. Pretty much anybody that you can name come through their club. So Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Yeah, Hazelhurst, Mississippi, man. I, I just, you know, I had an opportunity to meet almost anybody that you can name, man. They'll put I'm talking about from RB artists to KC and JoJo on down, you know, to the yin yang to uh anybody that you can probably name, man. I pretty much got a chance to interact with them. So, you know, I I just I took I took the Louisiana, uh the Mississippi Twain and then Atlanta Bump. Mm-hmm. And it bounced and kind of navigated all together and, and came up with my formula, man. There you uh, go. So so uh I, I got a chance just and I just kept my ears open, man. From record executives on up, you know. So I just kind of kept my ears open, tried to learn the game and uh try to learn from my mistakes. And one mistake I can tell you now that it don't no artists need to do is let somebody run your whole business for you. You can you need to learn everything about the business from from contracts to uh, studio time to points to radio play to uh, BMI to ASCAP, you got you need you know everything about the business and study the game. You can Google everything really these days. You don't need nothing but the internet. You don't have to listen to nobody. You can get the internet and read it for yourself. But you right. take your time and invest in yourself. All right, there you have it. That's free game coming from a man who's been there, done that, twenty plus year career. Here we are in 2020, and he has a new banger. He has a new anthem. Let's get to it. Introduce the new track. New track produced by my niece, DJ Boss Chick, by your boy Action of the 55, boys. Get ready. Check. 
ass. Head busting, breaking neck, that swag. Baby, we the best. Marching band is what they at. Drum major, clarinet. Super dogs, major rest. Super sexy, jet. Now who you with? Where you from? There you have it. This is an exclusive right here on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, once this track blows up, everyone remember you heard it here first. Get ready by action of the 55 Boys. Like I said, man, it's a straight banger. Tell us how this project came about and what's your vision for it. Hey, man, project actually came about. My niece sent me the track, man. She she had the track, but almost almost a year, man, uh, a little over a year. She been she sent me the track, and I've been kind of contemplating on what I really want to do with it. And it, it's still been a swag, man. When I think about the swag, it's a culture, it's a way of life. So I kind of just marinated. I marinated to God, gave me that thought one night, and it came up with that anthem, man. Uh, once I heard I know I got motivated back when Dion came back. It motivated me. It, I believe back. I didn't ever die and did not believe, but I definitely believe. And uh, so that motivated me to to write the song. So once I, once I got the feel and know how I wanted to go with the song, the track was there for me. So my, my niece motivated me, uh, DJ Boss Chick, to uh, actually to do this. And then with my me being an alumni with four degrees from Jackson State and, and, and lived the life of the swag, 
it, it was easy for me to come up with it with the hypeness, the crunkness, and just feel like I was just feel like I was on a tailgate ride, man. On the field <laughs> tailgate from the stadium to the to the I, in the parking lot, man. So no doubt. that's kind of and my vision for it, man, is for it to be the anthem, not only for not for the whole entire swag, man. You know, I want it's it, it the swag is a community, man. It ain't about one team. The tiger and D.I. Love is my is my heart, man. But I want the just like Dion, he's coming and trying to integrate the community, man, making Jackson a better, making the state the better, making black college football athletes and students better. So I just want everybody to have this, this be a swag anthem, man. That's my goal for it to be a swag anthem, swag video, fraternity, sorority, drum majors, you know, students, you know, community members, coaches, you know, everybody, cafeteria workers, you name it. We all out there having a good time and getting ready, man. Hey, man, I can see it. I've been playing it over and over for the past week, ever since you sent it to me. So I know it's going to blow up. Definitely an anthem, and I can't wait for everyone else to to hear it, and it can become the, the next the next monkey swing in terms of how, how huge it is. Yeah, we want a huge, man. No, no doubt. I know you. You know you talked about you know video and things of that nature, but you performed on the field at the vet with the boom before. Is that something that you like to do with this track? Most definitely, man. You know they gave me a call last year for the Gremlin game at halftime, and I was able to uh, feel good to go back and perform with the school you graduated from with the band, your number one band at the same time, Sonic Boom. Great. I can see that vision coming again. I the track is set up for it. I'm set up for it. The anthem set up for it. So hopefully they'll hopefully they'll bite on it and want to come apart and we be a family again on this. Definitely. Let's make that happen. And I, I want to definitely give a shout out to DJ Boss Chick. You mentioned her a couple of times. Man, that was some fire production. She's coming out of Hazelhurst, Mississippi, too. So a lot of talent in my hometown. So just tell us a little bit about her. And you said she had that track just sitting there for a year. Yeah, she had it, man. And then, you know, some other people in, in the ATL, they tried to get her from her. But, you know, yes, she had some other people told her, no, that song is to be. I think the person that do that song is going to be your uncle, the crunkness. And she she basically originated, man, from in my mom's house, man, listening to her, listening to her mom DJ, looking at me do music, just family, just just growing up around music and hearing and seeing me and listening to her mom and watching what I was doing. She became a DJ of her own. She originated. Charlotte Houston took up under her wings again, let her DJ in the club. She she ended up moving on to Atlanta, doing rolling with No Limit. Uh, doing a concerts with them, DJing for some of their artists, and she stayed in the music. She hungry, man. So you know, she she music. She's serious about that music, man. And she and then you know she started just doing uh, just DJing, and she man, she gone doing tracks now, bro. And she uh and she sounds well. And she her tracks are getting better and better, man. So I'm proud of. No doubt about it, man. Definitely had to shout her out. I see her grinding. See her doing her thing in Atlanta, representing the SIP as always. So great job, DJ Boss Chick. I know you're listening. Uh, but the track, man, it has your signature sound. One thing I can say about you is that you all, you've been able to remain relevant while staying true to yourself and your musical roots. And that says a lot because rap can become trendy. I know some artists, they tend to try to duplicate what's in style or what's popular. But your music has a distinct sound that I, I can trace it back to the mid-90s during that, that 69 Boys era. And we talked a lot about them, you know, 95 South here on the interview. And I know you came up right alongside those guys. And here we are in 2020, and you're still making people dance just like you did 20 years ago. That's it, man. Uh, what I did, man, I you know, if you don't watch yourself, you will try to get a track just like you hear because what people see, they see when, when, when the people flock to one type of music and they think that's the only way they can actually have a, a hit 
if they try to mimic somebody else. They want a song exactly. They'll go in the studio, give me a track just like this. I want to, and then they'll try to write this song and they'll try to sound like that person. So they don't have no distinct individualized plan for themselves. So me, I, I whether whether I'm gonna be with you or not, or whether you're gonna buy my album or not, or you're gonna buy my song or not, I'm gonna stay true to myself and I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm not gonna try to go out here and tell you I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a talk about being a gangster. I'm not gonna talk about and not to take nobody music away from them or, or belittle nobody. But me, I was always like I always love to dance. I always love dance music, and it ain't all about you know shaking and popping. It's just basically the music of having a, a, a fa- it's like a family reunion to me in my mind. Mm-hmm. If so, in my thing, I stay true to what I do. I know that's what I do. Anytime I ventured off in uh, in, in other type of songs, I always had somebody to pat me on the back. No, D, stay in your lane, man. You know, <laughs> even if I thought about it, you know, Vanessa, Vanessa, you said a lot of times that no, D, don't even do. It. And I could write any kind of song. If you hear some of them songs that I got, you know, they, I got some fire. Trap songs too, but I that just not me. I never did put them out, I never did push them. I think I just got it off my chest in the studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, I just stay true to what I do and what I the way I operate, the way I live, the way I uh came up, man. So I kind of stick I, I stuck to what got me there, but sometimes you can put a twist to it, and that just that might be with the track, but I'm still gonna deliver the same way. No doubt about it. And man, I got to give you props for your ability to balance a music career with continuing your education because you have four degrees, bachelor's, master's, educational specialist, and a PhD in education leadership from The I Love. So how important has it been for you to get those degrees and what was it like balancing it with the music? The music in me and my mom, I think, seeing my mom going to uh, going to work sometimes, she worked at the local centers and phones when I was a kid, man, coming up and see her come home, you know. A lot of times soaking her hands, feet tied, man. She trying to take care of the whole family, bro. That motivated me for education wise. And then that made me that made me want to uh battle myself, man, as a as a man, as a person, to have something uh solid that I can find some solid foundation that I can fall back on. So I, I ventured on I ventured right on into school, man. And when I was going to school, I still had a music, I had the music going on all the time. So I kind of just it, it was it was it was I think I, I, what I did, I, I prioritized my day. I pretty much took care of my homework and everything before any lights came on about talking about going to the studio or going going part or doing anything. So early parts of the week in the daytime, I kind of took all my classes, man, before 11 or 12 o'clock, I'm done. I'm back at the room. 3 o'clock, I'm done studying. I'm doing – then I'm 5 on out. I'm in the, I'm in the studio. Uh, the weekend come, I'm finished with everything, man. So I prioritized myself, man, and uh, prioritized my day. It was it difficult? It was difficult because a lot of times I, I didn't do certain things that other people did on the on the road. You know, when they went out and did this, I, I pretty much would read, uh, working on a paper, and then go do a concert. So you know, it, it, it was quite interesting. But I was able to uh, able to do it, man, and I had some good people surrounded. That was the most pe- that was the most important thing. I had people that that surrounded me, man. That they would they know I was serious about my education, and they didn't try to tempt me to do nothing. They they kept me focused, and they they respected my privacy uh, when it was time for me to take care of business uh, for any of my coursework. That's awesome, man! Prioritizing that education like that, and didn't that lead to some teaching opportunities for you down the line as well? 
I've also been teaching at Jackson State University in the Educational Leadership Department online since 2016, uh, preparing students to be uh, administrators in our public school system around the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. And I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, Song is a certified banger. And of course, you know, I'm from Hazelhurst. You're from Hazelhurst. DJ Boss Chick from Hazelhurst. But man, I saw you from the beginning. I literally remember my dad, you know, helping you guys come up with the original name of the group. I can take it back to I-55 when you guys first started. Exactly. I saw rehearsals. Man, literally your first rehearsals in the Oasis in Hazelhurst, in Club O'Hara. Right. And of course, O'Hara was owned by my uncle, Sweet Hugh, Houston Collins, the legend himself the entrepreneur, the big-time promoter, and another Jackson State alumnus, by the way. And I know he meant a lot to you. You've talked about him throughout this show, what he's done for your career. Great man. So may he rest in peace. But, hey, man, keep up the great work. You've been an inspiration to generations that came after you in Hazelhurst. So congratulations on all your success. Well-deserved. Oh, yeah, man. I remember your daddy shooting a lot of footage and your grandma, too. Be right there, man. Man, it was something, bro. No doubt, no doubt. It's awesome to see where how you started and where you're at, man. So great job. How can the fans maybe follow you online or get tour information or especially find your music? Okay, man. You can get my music on any online uh, source from Spotify to iTunes, Apple Music. But Facebook, they can catch me at Action 55 Boys. That's A-C-T-I-O-N. Action 55 Boys. Uh, you can go Twitter or Instagram. And little DJ 55. That's little DJ L I L DJ 55. So you can do you can do Twitter, Facebook, you got a YouTube page. That's gonna be action 55 boys. And I got a web page now. It's gonna be 55action.com. Got it. All right, man. Keep up the great work. No doubt, bro. Appreciate appreciate the love, man, and the support. And that'll do it for episode 83 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I Believe. Hashtag the I love.